Well, good evening. Good evening. Good to see y'all here tonight in person. Glad to have those who are online with us. I didn't hear you online. Did you say good evening? I hope so. Let us know you're there. Uh, let us know you're watching. Comment there. Uh, be sure to watch us there on Facebook, on Twitter. Both of those are at HBC Tullahoma. Uh, YouTube is at Highland Baptist Tullahoma. Uh, you can also uh, comment there in Facebook for any prayer requests uh, that you have. So be sure to do that. And then our phone live streaming is 855-532-4025. And so uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful resource we have. We've been asked by other churches on how to use that. And uh, if you maybe watch us and you go to another church and, and you would uh, like to have your church uh, use it, just give us a call at the church office. We'll be glad to tell you how you can, uh, how your church can get subscribed to that and use that. There is a fee for using that, uh, but it's a great resource to, to use for those who don't have the internet, who don't maybe have a computer or a smart device uh, even. And so uh, that's a great tool that we have. Uh, we have a lot of people who use that and, and follow that also. Um, and so just want to remind you, too, to go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, just a couple of tabs over is the info tab. Click on it, and there will be a drop down there. Uh, you can download our worship bulletin uh, for each week. The newsletter is there also. Uh, you can also uh, download the children's worship bulletins. Those go along with the Sunday services. Uh, on Sunday morning and Sunday night, we're in a new series that we began this past Sunday uh, on the life of Jesus. On Wednesday nights, we're in the book of Revelation. So glad to have you with us tonight to look at that. And then also don't forget that under that info tab, you can download the prayer list uh, for this evening. So be sure to go ahead and do that. Uh, if you have any updates for prayer requests or you want to share a new prayer request with us, be sure to do that and to let it comment there and let us know. If you don't want to share it there on social media, you can send it to us in our email at highlandbaptisttullahoma at gmail.com or highlandbaptist at cafes.net, C-A-F-E-S dot net. Also there, while you're on our church website, know this, that you can do your online giving there. Just go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab, and you can set up your online giving there. Uh, you can mail it in to us at the church at Post Office Box 1195, Tullahoma, Tennessee, 37388. Or you can uh, drop it by the church anytime uh, in our normal business hours uh, throughout the week. So uh, do that online. It's just a simpler way to, to go ahead and take care of that. And then also because we're doing that sermon series on the life of Jesus, we're giving a free book with that. Uh, it's called The Illustrated Life of Jesus by Herschel Hobbs. Great resource there for you to use. Uh, we're on about page 37 in the book and kind of following through our sermon series chronologically as best we can uh, to because there's no chron chronological um, gospel that's there. We have most of it in chronology, but uh, mixing those together to find out when things happened and trying to go chronologically through the life of Jesus. And so we're going to use this book as kind of our guide for that chronology. There's a lot more information uh, in this book than that. So just encourage you to read some of those things uh, before our messages uh, each week so that you can be uh, ready and up to date uh, with us. If you're at home and you want one of those here, they're on the sides of the stage in the window sills at the doors at both ways that you leave. If you're at home, uh, just make a comment there online or send us a, um, probably better, best to send us an email. That way you can send us your address in the email at those web, at those email addresses. Again, highlandbaptist.cafes.net or Tullahoma at gmail.com. Uh, and just let us know you want that book. We'll ship that out to you. So glad to have you with us tonight. Brother Mike, come and lead us in our song.
Well, for the song tonight, I know you've heard it before, but you've probably heard it done, especially the verses, by a soloist. So we're going to sing them all together tonight. As a group, we're going to sing what's normally a soloist. And we've got The King is Coming, and we're going to do all three verses and the chorus behind each of the verses. So, Miss Pat. Take your Bibles, if you will, tonight. Go ahead and get those ready. 
and turn to the book of Revelation on your prayer list. Hopefully you've gotten that uh, downloaded uh, already. Uh, there are several uh, that we want to uh, uplift in prayer um, and that we are adding to our prayer list. I'm going to go ahead and get switched over here on my phone to Facebook so that we can be able to share with you any of those live requests that you may share. Uh, again, be sure to heart, to like, to share uh, the posts there. Let me get me muted. And so uh, as you look at your prayer list, we'll catch those on Facebook in just a moment. I, I've already seen Brother Doubts there, and so we'll share his uh, in just a moment. But let me just give you a few updates, uh, especially there on our Highland Baptist Church family. Uh, Jim Marlowe is doing better. He's recovering uh, from his surgery uh, that he had uh, with his knee. Uh, Andrew Newton had surgery uh, the other day to replace the neurosensor things in his, uh, under his scalp there, and, and that all went well. He's back at home. Still sore a little bit there, but uh, doing well with that. Uh, Brother Ken Tatum had his surgery yesterday uh, for his hernia, so keep him uh, in your prayers as he continues to recover from that. Uh, also, um, Wade Hall uh, had his surgery, uh, did well through the surgery, but then had some AFib and different things going on like that, but they were able to give him medication that they think has gotten that fairly under control, uh, but he did get to come home today, and so we praise the Lord for that. Uh, they'll continue to follow up with him to, to make sure how everything is going there, but he had the valve of his heart uh, repaired. Uh, they did not have to replace it. There was a possibility they would have to replace it, but it just was a repair there. Uh, you'll notice several others on your prayer list. Jay Barbier, uh, who has cancer, who's the youth specialist for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, uh, he is uh, in the middle of his uh, chemo treatment, so just continue to remember him in your prayers. And he just recently found out that his dad uh, has uh, stage 4 cancer, so keep him in your prayers uh, with that uh, issue also uh, that's going on. Uh, let me just go down through the list here. There's a lot that are on our list, so you'll want to be sure to, to lift them up in prayer. Scott Smith is, is recovering. He's doing uh, fairly well also. And then we've added on the bottom of the friends and family list, uh, my cousin, her name is Cindy Griffiths. She is, uh, lives here in Tennessee in Waverly, uh, her and her husband. She found out this past week that she has uh, cancer. She went in for surgery on an appendix. And uh, they found a big tumor behind the appendix and had to remove it as well as a portion of her intestine, uh, but then found several spots in her liver, too. So once she heals from this surgery, then they'll follow up with oncology. Uh, she's one of two cousins that I have that live outside the state of Florida. Everybody else lives down there. But uh, continue to remember Cindy Griffiths in your prayer. Um, any others that we need to add? I know on Facebook here we had, um, let me get to my request here. Uh, we had Brother Doubt, Jack Doubt. He's having his knee surgery tomorrow, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, he said maybe the third time's the charm. <laughs> so uh, good spirits there from Brother Jack, and glad to have you joining with us there, uh, Brother Jack. I any others that we need to add to the list? Any that are in here that you need to add?
Okay, any others there on Facebook? If you're on YouTube or you're on Twitter, you can make comments there, but we won't get those live tonight. We will add those later uh, if you do make any comments. So uh, be sure to still share there on Facebook if you can uh, to let us know of any uh, prayer requests that you may have. Uh, and we will, um, we will add those uh, at the very end if you add any before uh, we uh, break off from our, our service uh, tonight. So let's go ahead then and go to the Lord in prayer for these that we've mentioned, as well as all these others that are on our list, many that have uh, lots of different physical issues, and we know a lot goes along with that, uh, a lot of uh, things that people need to be lifted up for in those ways. So let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for the blessing of this day, and thank you for life itself. Thank you, Lord, for... Uh, watching over us. Thank you for providing for us and allowing us to evil, even to be able to join together in person and online. Uh, Lord, we just pray a special blessing on each person that's here tonight and each person that's watching online. We ask God that you will uh, just pour your spirit out upon each one of us. Let us know that you are with us, whether we are in person together or whether we are at home. Uh, Lord, we pray as we come before you to ask first to for forgiveness of our sins. We don't want anything to hinder our prayers with you. And so we come, Lord, first asking you to reveal any sin in our hearts, uh, that we might confess those things before you, because we know your word has told us that if we regard iniquity within our hearts, if we hold on to sin within our hearts and don't seek forgiveness and, and don't seek to, to, to release that to you, Father, that, that the, your word tells us that you will not hear from heaven because that blocks our communication with you. It blocks our fellowship with you. And so, Father, we come before you and ask for you to shine the light of the truth of your word into our hearts and our lives uh, to show us and to reveal to us any wicked ways within us that we might confess those things before you uh, even now. Uh, and, Lord, that you would forgive us and cleanse us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray especially for those who don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, maybe someone who's watching tonight, who's struggling, who, who doesn't have, feel like they have any hope in this life. Father, I pray that they will uh, come to know that there is hope in Jesus Christ tonight through the message. And I just pray, God, that through your word that would speak to their hearts, that it would let them know that so that they would uh, come to that place to surrender their heart and their life to you. Father, there are many of us, though, who are here and watching even online who are believers already. And so, Father, I pray that you will bless us to grow in our walk with you, to grow deeper than we've ever been before, to, to be more in love with you than ever before. And, Lord, even if we're struggling in this life, even if we're in a difficult place facing difficult times, uh, Father, I just pray that you will uplift us with your mighty strong arm to remind us, God, that you are in control. And, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives, whether it's the times we're on the mountaintop or even the times that we're in the valley, uh, the times that we're experiencing victory uh, or the times we feel like we're in the valley of defeat. Father, I pray that you will strengthen us and help us to trust you and to follow you and to be faithful to you. Father, I pray that by our words in sharing the gospel, people will come to know more about you, but also, Lord, especially through our actions. Let our actions match the life of Christ. Father, that others will see Jesus in the things we do 
with our hands, the places we go with our feet, the things we listen to uh, with our ears, the things that come out uh, of our mouth. Lord, change our hearts uh, because we know, Lord, that the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, come from within the heart and within the mind. So cleanse us, God. Clean up our thinking. Uh, and Father, I pray especially for these that we mentioned tonight. Some have already had their surgeries, and we just pray God, praise your name, God, for bringing them through. We pray, God, that you'll continue to bring the healing that they need to their bodies. We, we just give you the glory and the honor for all that you've done and all that you're going to continue to do. So watch over them and continue to provide for their health. And, and Father, we ask your blessings upon uh, the others who are listed here that, that still need your healing touch. Lord, do, touch them in a, in a divine and powerful way. And Father, bring about that healing. Bring about your will uh, to their hearts and to their lives. Father, I pray that you'll use even the difficult things they're going through. Uh, Lord, that as they remain faithful to you, if they know Christ as Lord and Savior, as they remain faithful to you, may that be a powerful witness and testimony to their friends, to their family members, to their health care uh, providers and, and those who are uh, taking care of them. Father, I just pray uh, that you will use it as a witness and testimony to those around them. Others, Lord, who have many other struggles that are going on here. Some, Lord, just some spiritual and emotional, maybe family problems, maybe financial problems. Whatever it is, we lift it all up to you because we know your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. So, Lord, we pray that you would shower each and every person on this list with your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness. And, Father, I pray that you will bless us as we're praying also on behalf of them. So, Lord, even tonight, as we come to study your word again here in the book of Revelation, help us, Lord, to remember that promise that we began with last week, that those who, uh, who read this word, those who hear this word, those who keep this word of the book of Revelation, Father, I pray that we will see the application for us to keep. May you bless us in ways unimaginable. I pray that even as we just read the word here in just these two verses, may it be a blessing to our hearts and to our souls, uh, Lord, to, to empower us and strengthen us in the week ahead and to bring those who don't know Christ to faith in Christ by trusting in that free gift of eternal salvation. Lord, bless your word tonight. May it be powerful. May it be alive. May it be sharp, but may it also be applicable to our lives and may we see uh, how Lord we might use it to encourage our hearts tonight in Jesus precious name we pray amen amen well Revelation uh, chapter 1 uh, and verse 7 and verse 8 is where we're going to be tonight I was just looking to make sure that we don't have any other prayer requests there right uh, now but take your Bibles Revelation 1 uh, verse 7 is where we're going to begin, and then we'll get to verse 8 uh, in, in just a little bit. Verse 7 begins and says this, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all, the, all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. What a powerful, powerful verse, and we haven't even looked yet at verse 8, which is an equally powerful verse. One of the things you learn very quickly uh, in, in ministry is if you want to get a discussion started, just start talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Everybody's got questions. Uh, everybody, some people have some answers. Uh, I, I want to say just a few things before we get into this passage too far uh, about the second coming of Jesus Christ. The second coming of Jesus, as we even said somewhat last week, 
is not a subject of speculation. It's not something we look at and, and we speculate and we think maybe this will happen, uh, maybe it won't. Uh, take your Bibles. Uh, we had been in uh, Mark's gospel on Sunday morning. But take your Bibles, if you will, and turn back to Mark chapter 13, verse 1 through verse 5. Mark 13, verse 1 through verse 5. In Mark 13, verse 1 through verse 5, uh, Jesus is talking and begins talking about the destruction of the temple and leads into a discussion with some of his disciples. It says, and as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And then verse three says, and as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? Now everybody even today is looking for a sign. Verse 5 goes on to say, and Jesus began to say to them, see that no one leads you astray. And then go on down to verse 28. He talks about several of the things that will happen. Talks about the abomination of desolation. Talks about the coming uh, of the Son of Man. And then verse 28, he gives a lesson uh, on the fig tree and then reminds us again uh, about th that, that this is not a subject uh, of speculation. So from the fig tree in verse 28, he says, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, the things that he discusses between verse 5 and verse 28, <coughs> he says, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And we talked about that a little bit last time because there are some who get hung up on that and say, well, he was talking to his disciples and they've already passed off the scene so this verse didn't come true. What he's talking about here is those that begin to see these things coming to pass, that generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Verse 31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Verse 32, but concerning that day, speaking about the day that Jesus comes again, or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. So get the understanding here. Even Jesus doesn't know the hour nor the day when this is going to happen, but only the Father. Verse 33 says, be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say, I say to you all, stay awake. That's what he's saying to us even tonight. Stay awake. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep in the preacher's sermon. <laughs> stay awake. 
And so the point that Jesus is making here in these verses that we've read here tonight, though, is, is, is that speculation about his second coming is futile for us and it's foolish uh, for us. He said that even the Son of Man, we read there, doesn't know uh, when he's coming, when the hour of his coming is. So we're not to speculate on the dates. We're not to speculate on the day. If you look back through the history of the church, there have been people all throughout the history of the church that said, I tell you, I know when the day is. It's going to happen on this day and this year. Even in our generations, we've heard those individuals who have said that. And yet that's totally against what the Bible even says. Beware of anybody who starts giving empty speculation about the exact date of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not to be a subject of speculation. Another point we want to look at too is that it's not to be a subject of argumentation. Uh, Look at Titus chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are are unprofitable and worthless. Uh, And then look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 4. It says, Nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. And then if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, Remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words which does no good but only ruins uh, the hearers. And so the point of all three of those passages is, is that the subject of the second coming, while it can be a source uh, of discussion, should never be a source of debate and should never especially be a source of division. And yet so often it becomes that. The second coming is not to be argued, is to be accepted. Now we have maybe some different understandings of some different things about what different things say in the scripture, but none of that even should create division between us and other believers. So as long as we believe the one fact that Jesus is coming again, there's no reason why we can't have fellowship one with another. It's also to be a subject of inspiration. Because notice what 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13 to verse 18 says. I usually share this verse a lot of times uh, at funerals, but it's an encouragement to us. But it says, we do not want you, Paul says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have, uh, do, do you have no hope, as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And then notice this last verse. Therefore, because of what he said in all those previous verses, encourage one another with these words. And so in this passage, Paul is describing the second coming of Jesus and he describes it for the major purpose of exhorting and encouraging uh, the church at Thessalonica. And so uh, we're to use the doctrine of the second coming to inspire one another, to uplift one another, to encourage one another, not to divide one another. And so it's a subject of inspiration, but it's also a subject of motivation. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24. Another great passage to look at about the second coming. Matthew 24 and verse 42 says, Therefore, and you'll see these words again that we read a while ago in in, in another place. He says, Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant say to himself, my master's delayed, which a lot of people say today, uh, it's been 2,000 years and he still hasn't come back yet. If he says, my master's delayed and he begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The point of all of these is that the second coming is to be a source of motivation, is to move us to always be on alert, to never fall asleep at your post, to always be ready so that when the Lord does come, and that's the way it ought to be for us, even if the Lord delays and tarries in his coming, we ought to be living every day as if this is the last day, being faithful in our walk before the Lord, so that if it is our last day in death, that we would enter into the presence of the Lord and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant who was faithful to the very end. But when Jesus comes again, he also wants to find us faithful. And so it's to move us to be alert, to always be ready. So when he comes back, he'll find us faithful. There's one thing we can all dogmatically and definitely state without any apology, without any hesitation, and that is that Jesus is coming again. John says here in Revelation... Chapter 1 and verse 7, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Now, John, notice, he doesn't say, well, this is a possibility. Maybe he'll come. We don't know. It's kind of up in the air. We hope he does. Uh, He doesn't state it as a possibility. 
nor does he state it as a probability. Well, you know, the odds are good that he would come back again. It's not some theory, nor is it some hypothesis. What we know from the Word of God is it's a fact. Jesus is coming again. And so John isn't describing just what you will see. He's describing what he has seen in this vision of the book of Revelation. And we're told this in Revelation 4 and verse 1 when he says, After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. John was called up into heaven so that he could see everything from Armageddon to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And no wonder it is that John is called the beloved disciple. John is the only uh, man in the Bible who was both an eyewitness to the resurrection and an eyewitness to the second coming. Isn't that awesome? There's two other things that we can say about the timing of the coming of the Lord Jesus. First of all, I want, us, I want you to know that I believe the hour is late. I believe it's later than it's ever been uh, by God's eternal clock. We are getting closer and closer to that day than we've ever been before. But not only that, I believe it's also later than we think it is. Uh, Bailey Smith, a great evangelist, used to tell the story. He passed away several years ago. Uh, but he used to tell the story of going over to North Carolina to preach. And uh, there was this old country preacher that picked him up at the airport uh, this time. And he said, Brother Bailey, this Sunday morning I'm going to be preaching on the second coming of Jesus. And he said, I, I believe I've got a great sermon title. And, and Brother Bailey said, well, what is it? And the country preacher said, oh, you're just a city preacher. You wouldn't really be interested in it. He said, but I think it's a good sermon title. And, and Bailey Smith, he said, well, tell me what it is. He said, I might be interested in using it sometime. And that old country preacher, he, he said, well, this is the title. Gabriel is licking his lips. <laughs> in other words, he's getting ready to blow the trumpet. He's getting ready, uh, poised, ready to sit down uh, and on that one note that will signal the coming of the Lord. And I believe that's true. I, I don't know exactly when he's coming, but I do know exactly who is coming. The king is coming and his name is Jesus. Now, there's two things that you, I want you to notice in this text. Here's the first that you see uh, on your screen, the coming of the king. The coming of the king. Now, John has some things that he wants to say about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look at the king of the coming in a moment, but I want you to look at the coming of the king to start with. Notice, first of all, it's a visible coming. It's a visible coming. Here John describes his coming, as he said there in verse 7, he is coming with what? The clouds. He's coming with the clouds. And so I believe that refers to the fact that Jesus is going to come in all of his majesty, in all of his glory, and the wonder and, and the splendor of heaven and all that it could afford. He's coming back with the clouds of glory, and this refers to his majesty and, and, and the, the magisterial nature even of, his, uh, of, the, coming of the second coming of Jesus. Think about when, when God called Israel. Israel uh, out of Egypt, uh, he marched before them in the desert. And you remember how he marched before them in the day? As a pillar of cloud. 
when Israel pitched their tent at the tabernacle in the wilderness, God placed himself in the Holy of Holies with a cloud. When Jesus left the Mount Olivet to ascend to heaven and went back to glory, he went back in what? The clouds. And when Jesus comes back, as we're going to see here in Revelation, to do battle with the beast and to claim the world as his own, he's coming back again wrapped in the clouds. When Jesus comes back, it's, it's not going to be the event of the year. It's not going to be the event of the century. It's going to be the event of the ages. And you know, as we think about the ministry of Jesus and you read the Bible, there are so many things that, that you read in the life of Jesus that, that so often as you're reading through, we think, man, I wish I'd have been there to see that. I wish I'd have been there, uh, to, to, we could have been there when, when Jesus turned that water into wine. Or I wish we could have been there to, to look on the faces of the, of, of the host and the servants, even Mary, who was there when Jesus did that first miracle. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there in that valley as, as Jesus fed the 5,000s? Wouldn't it have been an awesome thing to see Jesus take those few loaves and, and some fishes and, and feed 5,000? Maybe even to just walk alongside one of those disciples as they're handing out those things to people. And it just never ends. And it keeps on going and keeps on going. It would have been awesome to see those things, to be there in person, to see it continue multiplying and multiplying and never get out, give out. It would have been awesome to be there to see Jesus walking on the water, to see Peter jump out of that boat and, and start walking on the water to him. It would have been awesome and we would have loved to have seen Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead. Wouldn't that have been an amazing thing to watch Lazarus walk out of that tomb all mummified and wrapped up in those burial clothes and, and, and then for him to say, take all that off of him. He's alive. That would have been awesome. We'd have loved to see Jesus walking on the water, as we said, but you know, we might not have wanted to see Jesus hanging on the cross, but we might have wanted to see the awe and the wonder because of our sins being forgiven and the miraculous things that happened that day when the sky went black, when the earthquakes happened. But friend, if we could only see one thing, I thank God that the one thing we can all know that we're going to see is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Whether that's by him coming before we die or we come back with him to reign after we've already died. One way or the other, we're going to get to see the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so here's what I want you to know. You haven't missed the best part yet. You haven't even seen the best part yet. We may not have seen the incarnation of Jesus Christ. We may not have seen the crucifixion of Jesus. We may not have even seen the resurrection or his ascension into heaven, but we haven't missed the best part yet because the best part is yet to come. Notice what John says again. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. So just imagine that scene. Every eye is going to see him. It doesn't matter if there's a trillion people uh, on, the, on the face of this planet. There's not right now, but it didn't matter if there was. When Jesus comes back, 
Everyone is going to see him and everyone is going to know about him. So in other words, what we see there, it's not going to happen in secret. It's not going to happen on the other side of the world. And we on this side of the the world are not going to know about it because we can't see it happening on that side of the world. Everybody on the face of the planet is going to know it, is going to know about it and see it. That person who's sleeping is going to wake up. That person who's sitting is going to stand up. That person who is working is going to look up. Those people who are talking are going to shut up. Every saint in heaven and every sinner on earth is going to have their eyes glued to the heavens, to the Lord Jesus Christ who is coming again. Think about this. Every president Every politician, every diplomat, every soldier, every statesman is going to have their eyes glued on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be a visible coming. But here's where it gets hard. It's also going to be a vengeful coming. A vengeful coming. Notice what 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7 through verse 10 say. And to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. See, it's not all going to be celebration and pomp and circumstance and, and, and song when Jesus comes back. When Jesus comes back, you're going to hear one of the loudest wailings and weepings and mournings and cryings that you've ever heard. The gnashing of teeth is going to sound like loud engines grinding away. We can't even imagine the anguish that's going to be felt by billions of people when Jesus comes back again. The Muslims are going to know that they were wrong. The Buddhist is going to realize that they were mistaken. The atheist is going to say, gosh, the Bible was right. I've been a fool. And they're going to be yelling and they're going to be screaming and they're going to be crying of all those who have brought shame to the name of Jesus. When you look over in the book of Zechariah, back to the Old Testament in chapter 12 and verse 10, Zechariah says from God, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me on whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one who mourns for an only child. Uh, I've not had this happen yet. and Don't pray. I never have to experience it. But from everything I've ever heard, one of the worst things a parent could ever do is to have to bury their child. My grandmother lost her son, only son. Uh, I was five years old. He was 26. It's a horrible thing. For a parent to go through and the Bible says there's going to be mourning uh, for him for Jesus as one mourns on for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn even the Jews he's saying are going to realize in everlasting sorrow that they rejected the only one who could save them that Jesus 
was the Christos, the Messiah, the promised one, the prophesied one, the crucified one, the resurrected one, the ascended one, the reigning one. It's going to be a vengeful coming, but it's also going to be a victorious coming. For those who are without Christ, it will be vengeful. But for those who are in Christ, it will be victorious. Notice it's not the victor who mourns. It's the victim who mourns. It's not the victorious who mourns. It's the defeated who mourns. And the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, all the tribes of the earth, all the peoples of the earth will mourn over him. And it's because they're going to realize He's the victor and they are defeated because they didn't trust in him. The Bible says when Jesus comes back, the earth will be involved in these final battles of Armageddon. And suddenly the armies are going to be amazed and they're going to look up and they'll see him. And every soldier and every general is going to throw down their weapons. And they're going to begin weeping because they'll know that the king of kings has come. What a day that's going to be. Every president will kneel in his presence. Every general will surrender his sword every king will lay his crown at the feet of jesus when jesus comes back it's going to be a coming back of victory to victory this world that never had any room for jesus this world that crucified jesus and by crucifying him thought that they had driven him away will one day kneel at his feet in unconditional surrender and crown him as king of kings and as the Lord of lords is going to be a victorious coming. But notice this final point. We see the coming of the king. But now we see the king who is coming. Notice what verse 8, how he describes, John describes God, Jesus here. He says, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So not only does John have three things to say about the coming of the king, he also has three things to say about the king who is coming. First of all, he tells us that this king is omniscient. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega are the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. And so John is saying that Jesus is all of God's alphabet. An alphabet is just simply a way of, of storing the accumulated wisdom of people. Our literature is comprised of various letters of the alphabet uh, arranged in these endless variety of ways to make words. And, and so what he's saying is that Jesus is the alpha and the omega, the first letter and the last. He's the first and the final source of knowledge and understanding and wisdom. He's the knowledge and the wisdom of God. You see, everything that Jesus says and is is based on his omniscience he knows everything he you can't deceive him he, he can't be disputed he can't be discredited whatever jesus decrees whatever jesus says will be full and inexhaustible and it will be based on his infallible knowledge of all the facts of all the forces of all the facets of uh, that directly and indirectly are involved you see even the president uh, can can be advised advised wrongly and thereby make wrong decisions and a crucial mistake but jesus is omniscient he, he says i'm the alpha I'm the Omega. I'm every letter in between. There's nothing I don't know and nothing I can't reveal. Jesus is omniscient. 
He's not only omniscient, he's omnipresent. He says, I'm the one who is and who was and who is to come. You see, Jesus is omnipresent both in time and in space. In Matthew 18, 20, here's what we're told. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I among them. There am I also. So the only way that Jesus could make that promise is if Jesus is omnipresent, that he can be everywhere at the same time. Because just a while ago, we were gathered here in this sanctuary, you were gathered there online, and thousands of other churches across this nation and around the world were gathered together. Two or three were gathered together in places praying. Jesus was present at every single one of those places. Jesus can present himself to any of us in any part of the world at any time. He says in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is with us everywhere, at every time, under every circumstance. Whew. That's awesome. He's omnipresent. The Lord Jesus is everywhere. He's here. He's in thousands of churches all around this world at the same time. And he's all over the universe. Whether you're on, a, on the space station orbiting this earth or whether you're here in Tennessee or you were to be on the moon taking a walk, God is there. He's omnipresent. Here's the third thing John says. He's omnipotent. All-powerful. Notice what he says. Who is who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus says, I am the Almighty. Notice, he's not the partially mighty Jesus. He's not the sometimes mighty Jesus. He's the Almighty Jesus. He's perfectly mighty at all times, under all circumstances, in all places, with all people. He is the omnipotent king. That ought to be an encouragement to you, no matter what struggle you're going through, that he is almighty. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. But, wow, he is almighty. What a word of comfort as we begin to study this book about the end times. And that's what John was writing here to encourage the New Testament church that was being persecuted in that day. This was just the beginnings of the persecution. Things got even worse after, after the book of Revelation uh, for Christians. And so they needed this word of encouragement to know God is still on his throne. God's omniscient. He sees and he knows what's going on with you right now. And know this, he doesn't just see it. He's there with you. And not only is he there with you, he's all powerful to take care of whatever it is that's happening. So no matter where you are tonight, if you're watching on the other side of this world, God is with you. And God is all powerful and almighty no matter what the problem is or the situation you're facing. See, a king on this earth means absolutely nothing to many of us because, number one, they're not our king. And number two, uh, they won't even know your name. And number three, we probably won't even get up close to see them. But know this, when Jesus comes back, if you love him, if you know him, he will be your king. He will know your name. And you will be able to see him face to face for all eternity. Charles Wesley, who was John Wesley's brother, 
wrote a beautiful hymn one time entitled, Lo, He Comes. He must have been thinking about this passage of Scripture when he wrote it, because here are the words to it. Lo, He comes with clouds descending, once for favored sinner slain. Thousand, thousand saints attending swell the triumph of his train. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. God appears on earth to reign. Every eye shall now behold him, robed in glorious majesty. Those who sat at naught and sold him, pierced and nailed him to the tree, deeply wailing, deeply wailing, deeply wailing shall the true Messiah see. Yea, amen. Let all adore thee, high on thine eternal throne. Savior, take the power and glory. Claim the kingdom for thine own. Oh, come quickly. Oh, come quickly. Oh, come quickly, everlasting God. Come down. And so we could even say, with John the beloved, who writes this word, even so, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, two very, very powerful verses, and especially for a day and a time that we live in. Father, that we need to be reminded of, of these words that that. Jesus knows everything about us. He knows all our heartaches. He knows all our joys. He knows the difficulties we're facing. He doesn't just know it. We just read he's with us in it. Father, what a powerful image for us to be reminded of, uh, of even back in the book of Daniel with Daniel and his three friends, his three friends who were cast into the fiery furnace, and there in the fiery furnace, the Lord Jesus who was with them in the midst of suffering and trial. Lord, we have been going through so much trial and tribulation all around this world in these last two years especially. And yet in the midst of the difficulties we're facing, which are nothing compared to what we're going to see in the last days, you're with us. And what an encouragement that is for us that we know as we even look back over the history of our lives, you've been with us before. You've always been with us when we trusted in you and followed you, when we knew Jesus as our Lord and Savior from that moment on. Your Holy Spirit has been with us to walk with us and to talk with us and to lead us and to guide us and to be there with us to protect us and at least to warn us in the spirit of our hearts whether we listened or we didn't. Father, not only are you present, you're all-powerful. There is nothing that is happening in our lives. There is nothing that has happened in these last two years that is beyond your ability and your capability to take care of. Lord, you are all-powerful, almighty. So, Lord, I pray tonight, may we as believers have hope. May we have encouragement to know that it's not a possibility it's not a probability. It's a fact. Jesus is coming again. The king is coming. The only question that has to be answered tonight is, are we ready for the king to come? 
For those who don't know Christ, I know they're not ready, Lord. And so, Lord, I know that the Bible tells us that you are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to salvation. So, Lord, I pray you'd give them one more opportunity. As much as I desire in my heart, Lord, to go on to be with you, as much as I desire in my heart for Jesus to come, for that trumpet to sound, Lord, I pray that you'll stay your hand of judgment till the last person comes to faith in Christ. Father, I pray for those who are believers. May we find encouragement in these verses for the days ahead to know that you're on your throne. You will see us through to the other side. And Father, even so, even so, we pray and look forward to and long for that day when we'll see Jesus again. Help us as believers, Lord, to be faithful serving you till the moment you take us home with our last dying breath or till the moment the trumpet sounds. Either way, help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us there online. Glad you could be with us. We'll be back every Wednesday night with the book of Revelation. Sunday mornings and Sunday nights, we'll be looking at the life of Jesus. So you'll want to join us then also Sunday morning. Uh, we have Sunday school at 9.15. At 10.30 will be our worship service. That'll be broadcast uh, online on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and our phone live streaming. So join us again there if you can. Be in person with us if you can. That'd be a great option there too. Uh, but thank you so much for joining with us. We will see you uh, this coming Sunday at 1030. So you have a blessed week and stay safe.